Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khan Olshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. We are in the second week of October here at the time of this recording, and many of you are in a little bit of a hiring crisis mode. I know that some of you are really struggling with filling spots in your classrooms and also really struggling with staffing, kind of feels like this, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg. And some of you are actually in classrooms right now because you are so short-staffed. And it's really been a struggle, you know, in the conversations that I've had with the directors, the owners in our inner circle, what they're really struggling with now more than ever is how to up-level staff quickly, just really up-leveling them because you're bringing them in, you're hiring them, you know, faster than you can imagine, and you need to get them up to speed very quickly. So many new teachers, new directors, new assistant directors, and everything and everyone just feels new. And you're feeling like a little bit of a training warrior, right? Training everyone, training everything. And at the same time, getting everything up to standard. You're also dealing with families who are feeling insecure. They might be feeling uncomfortable with dropping their children off. And depending on where you live in the world, you also might be dealing with a lot of COVID cases and other things that are going on. So that's a lot. It's a lot to handle. And many of you have been managing this already for like almost two months. And I want you to take a pause and I want you to think about what you're doing. Okay. Because I get it. You know, the day, the day's madness, the day's crazy. Um, so today's episode is really about looking at how do we up level staff quickly to the place where we need them to be so we can continue to grow and develop them. And then we can also get off the training kind of treadmill. So we're always training, coaching, and mentoring and holding people accountable. But this level of training and intensity, we want it to be for short bursts. So 
What's challenging about training, specifically in the beginning, is it's very basic. It's very basic training. And as a leader who's listening to a podcast on schools of excellence, you don't like basic, right? You want next level. You want excellence. You want things bigger and better and bolder. And you're going to get there. Right now, you're in a season, a different kind of season of growth, a season of growth of the minds of your young staff, of your new staff, so that you can continue to grow and work with them. I don't want you to look at the season as stagnation or maintenance or anything that makes your mind feel upset or frustrated. I want you to look at this season that many of us find ourselves in by not judging yourself because that's going to do wonders to your brain, to your heart, and how you choose to show up for this season. So it's a very different kind of season of growth. Okay. Now, the thing that I want us to look at in this episode is we're going to look at three different components of up-leveling staff. And depending on where you are in the pendulum, you're going to choose what makes sense for you to focus on with your staff and how to up-level them quickly. So let's start with just a quick poll of your current staff, okay? If you have a young group of teachers, and what I mean by young is let's say that majority of your staff are under the age of 26, okay? You're going to need to have one sole focus. One sole focus when your staff are under the age of 26 is parent communication and standards. And here's why. Brain development and science have been talking about this for decades, that until the age of 25, 26, your risk management and long-term planning abilities do not kick in. And so it's only when you're 26 and over that the ability to do some long-term planning, um, understand risk management, understand um, ambiguous decision-making, perspective-taking, all of these things kick into high gear. Now, the other thing that really happens is in our ability to do all these things kind of a little bit later on, you know, after 26, we also have empathy for families. We have empathy for a parent's struggle. Um, Our worldview begins to change, right? Now, this isn't like hard and fast, you know, you're 26 and boom, your brain changes, you know? Um, I've seen a lot of people over the age of 40 struggle with communication. Um, And a lot of that also comes, you know, just from lack of, wanting to deal with conflict, right? It comes from conflict avoidance and not wanting to deal with problems. So back to the focus of the beginning of the school year months is with young staff, you really want the focus to be on parent communication, right? How do we talk to parents? What do we say to parents? What do we not say to parents? When do we say it? How do we say it? What's really important to understand is with young staff, they are really struggling with seeing how their words are being perceived to the person that they're talking to. They are not understanding that they're not talking to the person. They're talking to this person about their child. And when someone is being spoken to about their child, you're hitting a very different nerve. You're hitting a very different part of their soul. And the way that it's communicated, the way your body language comes across, your eye contact, your facial expressions, your tone of voice when you're communicating it, and what you're actually choosing to say, right? It's so important to understand the different types of communication. Communication is not just verbal face-to-face communication, which actually is many times the least amount of communication we have with parents. It is in the email exchange. It is in the apps on both Kangaroo Time or whatever, you know, Brightwheel or whatever apps you're using. 
It's on the messages that you send home, the little sticky notes that you send home. It is in the emails that you send to parents. It's in the, you know, stuff that you post outside the classrooms. Those are huge in how you communicate to families and not just on a generic level, like, you know, this is what we're doing with the class and a specific level, you know, your specific, beautiful child, young teachers just want to get the message out there. They just want to say what they need to say. So it's off of them. And they're not realizing the impact of their words on the families. Um, And I've seen this so much over the last six weeks, Leaders are really struggling with parent retention right now, less of even just teacher retention, parent retention, really keeping families Um, and different people are leaving for different reasons, but really understanding that the way that the parents are being communicated with is so key. It's really integral to the continuity and longevity of your center. And when you're in this season, right, in this, you know, fall season, one, just Q4 for 2021, but really looking at the year of 2022, um, because this is the start of the school year uh, for many people. And even for those of you that run on a 12-month cycle, there is a new beginning that happens in the September-October season. We really need our staff to understand the very basic standards of parent communication. And for every single center, the standards of parent communication are going to be very different um, depending on, you know, your demographic, where you are in the world, um, the types of parents that you have. There's so many factors that come with that. And then also understanding helping teachers starting to develop parent relationships, right? Just really helping staff understand how do you cultivate a parent relationship? How do you start showing the parent that you care about them, that you see them, that you understand their child, that you have their best interest in mind? Do not assume that because you're the child's teacher, the parent automatically trusts you that you have their best interest in mind. It just doesn't work that way, you know? So just a personal story. Yesterday, I was on the phone with my son's teacher. Um, My son is a lot older. He's 11, but he's struggling socially in the classroom a little bit with some things that are going on. He's still, you know, new to the school. It's only a second year. And I called up the teacher and spoke with him. And I was like, you know, listen, this is what I see what's going on with my son. These are some of the things that he's been telling me. Would love to hear, you know, what you're seeing in the classroom. And I was really impressed with how the teacher responded with really facts on the ground. And he spoke with a lot of empathy and understanding. You know, he started with really just validating what it feels like to be a parent in a position where your child's struggling socially. He really spoke about what is developmentally appropriate in a six-gate classroom, what's kind of things that are happening right now, what is sign of, what are some of the signs of like good nature teasing, what are some signs of like, oh, this might be turning into some bullying, um, what are some of the strategies that we should look out for that our son is telling us about, and then he was letting us know what he was going to monitor over the next two days, and then, you know, when we were going to check in with each other. And he really immediately put this whole game plan together on the phone within five minutes, right? He didn't have any um, kind of pre-warning of what I was going to talk to him about. What impressed me most about the conversation with the teacher was a few things. One, his empathy for the struggle. Two, his real knowledge of developmentally appropriate practice for the age that he was teaching. And three, his ability to create a game plan. I wasn't expecting a game plan. I'm a very realistic parent. I wasn't expecting the teacher to come up with something on the spot. I really just wanted the teacher to understand what we were going through and wanted him to be aware of the problem. Now, 
with young teachers, right, who are teaching young minds, you know, babies, infant, toddlers, preschool age, um, even for those of you who listen to this podcast who teach, you know, have school age children, right? The teacher's ability to be empathetic to the struggle and to understand developmentally appropriate practice is 90% of the way there. I wasn't expecting a game plan on the call, right? I thought he'd come back to me a few days later. I don't expect a teacher to have an answer for me on the spot. I understand that they might have to go and, you know, have a conversation with the principal, talk to some other professionals. Like I get that. And I totally respect that. What I did want to hear from the teacher is, is this appropriate? right? Is my child part of the spectrum of what's happening? I've never had an 11 year old. I don't know what's developmentally appropriate, right? So parents are coming into preschool. They don't know what's developmentally appropriate. They don't know what's normal. They don't understand what's going on. And they're looking to the teachers, the professional as the master of, is my child going to be okay? You know, and they're not saying it in that way. Like, is my child going to be okay? They say it in many different ways, depending on their communication style. But a teacher needs to have some training and understanding how to empathize for the struggle, right? Empathy for the child who's struggling with separation. Empathy for the child who's struggling with potty training. Empathy for the child who's struggling with whatever it is. So I, I got kind of crossovered with developmentally appropriate practice. This is about basic parent communication. We have training on parent relationships and building parent relationships. You could check that link in the show notes um, if that is something that you want to do with your staff on parent communication um, and building those relationships with families. So let's go to the second one, um, which also happens a lot with younger staff as well, but is across the spectrum of staff, is developmentally appropriate practice and working with children. Something that I've seen a lot of teachers get trapped in again and again and again with young staff is what is actually appropriate in the classroom, right? Many times younger staff don't necessarily realize that biting is actually very normal in a 15-month-old class, right? Well, we don't want it and we deal with it and we work with it. It's not earth shattering that a 15-month-old will bite something or a child, right? It is not earth shattering for a two and a half-year-old to have a potty accident or a three-year-old to have a potty accident. It is not earth shattering for a four-year-old to be testing potty language or cursing or things like that. These things are not revolutionary. This is part of developmentally appropriate practice, right? This is how kids test, develop boundaries. And then they're looking to the grownups in their life, you know, also known as their teachers um, to understand, is this okay? Is this not okay? And so what happens a lot is staff use so much energy on trivial things and trying to control everything that's going on when so much of it is very, very normal. You're a school leader who wants tools, resources, and just plain strategies of how to really lead your school and build a school of excellence. Well, I created something called the School Leadership Toolkit, which has over 10 resources covering topics like parent-teacher relationships, difficult conversation, teacher appreciation ideas, and time management along with to-do list management. Some of the things that you get in the School Leadership Toolkit is how to lead parent-teacher conferences. This is a masterclass training and to show your staff so that they can lead conferences with ease. We have a parent partnership blueprint, which is the step-by-step formula for authentic parent relationships. I have a training on how to get your to-do list done and how to create your calendar for one-on-one meetings with staff. I have tools on how to filter distractions so that you can make the best decisions 
and reflective questions to ask teachers for goal setting and performance reviews, along with so much more. This mini toolkit is actually just the thing that you need to kick off this amazing school year and give you the confidence and the ability to trust your decision making as you head into another amazing year. Go check it out, the link in the show notes, or go to hani.me slash toolkit. Calm and well-run classrooms where children are treated with respect, where there's a calm leader who is in command, not in control, in command is a brilliant class, right? Many times the teachers get very obsessed with worrying about the academics because that's a big part that they control as opposed to understanding emotional development of the child, connecting with the child, love, um, really just embracing the whole child. And that's what they really need to be doing first. And so if you're looking at your overall staff and you could pause this podcast, pull out your teacher roster, look at your staff, you might own multiple locations. It might be location specific. You might have one location that really needs to work on parents. You might have another location that really needs to work on development to the appropriate practice, right? Children learn everything through play and loving adults in their life. This is what they need. And so if you have staff that need to understand developmentally appropriate practice, understand how to play intentionally with children, how to connect with children, we have an amazing training on that as well. The link is in the show notes. You guys could go check that out. And that could be super helpful for a staff development day, a staff training, a meeting, whatever it is, uh, something super powerful to help your staff as well during this season. And the third and final one is just basic policy and safety. Some of you are actually not in any of the above two places, but you're actually in a place where your staff are struggling with some basic safety things, right? Like don't leave kids on the playground or do head counts on understanding the very basics of taking care of a child. And so that is a very different place. And that is very basic safety policy and procedure that should really be given over within first kind of 48 hours of the staff being in the building. So they understand super basics of safety um, and then school policy and protocol. So what I want you to look at here, just as we kind of pull this episode together, is that how we're up-leveling staff quickly is really about understanding the sliding scale of 30, 60, 90-day mile markers, right? What are the 30, 60, 90-day um, specific benchmarks that the staff need to know and understand to keep the center open and running? I'm going to say that one more time. What are the 30, 60, 90-day mile markers that the staff need to know and understand to keep the center open and running? Many of us are a few steps ahead. We're looking at, you know, performance reviews and, you know, up-leveling and promotion and, and you know, track, like just there's there's things that we're not ready for yet, right? We need to look at the important indicator, open and running, Right. This isn't about open and running and being the best school in town with a five-star rating and all this kind of stuff. We're in a different season. We're in the season of basics, right? And so I want you to take some time and flesh out and say, okay, in the first 30 days, 
with this particular teacher in this center, where the majority of the center is struggling with this. This teacher is 22 years old. She's fresh out of college. She has, you know, maybe one year of experience. She's going to be an assistant teacher in the three-year-old classroom. What is the 30-day goal for this particular teacher? What do I need her to know at 30 days? What do I need her to be practicing? What are the skills she needs to be actually displaying in the classroom with the children, with the families, with her colleagues? to keep that center open and running. And then what does she need to know by 60 days, right? And then what does she need to know by 90 days? Training, coaching, and mentoring never ends, right? I have a whole episode on training, coaching, mentoring, accountability, um, all of those things, right? Consulting. This is really about the mile markers and up-leveling staff quickly to get the center up and running and moving and keeping it open up and running and moving, right? Because There's only so many things that you could do. There's only so many things that you can hold upon yourself. Um, And what happens is, is that when you are trying to manage the center, you're trying to come into the classroom, you're trying to um, manage the specific director, and you're also trying to see, oh, one second, this teacher doesn't know how to do that. You burn yourself out very, very, very quickly. And you as the director, you as the owner, you can't take your precious energy on these things and burn yourself to the ground. That doesn't keep the center open and running, right? These small shifts need to alleviate your brain space to ensure that you could be well on your way to an amazing school year. So taking the time to break down the 30, 60, 90 day to understand what is the specific trainings that teachers need. And remember, you don't need to be the person that's actually doing the training. You can leverage pre-made trainings, right? Those are in the show notes over here. You can use ours. You can use any, like, it's not about using ours specifically. It's about understanding that you can leverage the power of technology with done for you trainings for your staff. You can look at what If my staff knew this, right, if my staff knew that in a toddler classroom, this was appropriate, how would that change the trajectory of that class, right? If this particular teacher knew how to talk to a group of parents, how would that change the tone and environment of that parent group? How would that impact parent referrals and parent retention? All right, I'm going to leave you guys with this. You have a lot on your plate. You have a ton of responsibility. Your to-do list never ends. Your responsibilities never end. And pausing and thinking about the training and up-leveling of your current staff in this season is going to have tremendous ripple effect on the ability of alleviating a lot of mental brain space and emotional labor that you're carrying during this season. So thanks so much for joining me for this episode. Would love for you to actually join us in our Facebook group, the Schools of Excellence Lounge, where we're going to continue the conversation on these 30, 60, 90 day mile markers and wishing you all an amazing day. Thanks so much for joining us. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. 
Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.